This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots. I'm James Heal and I'm joined today by Katie Balls and Fraser Nelson. Now, Katie, this morning the Prime Minister is in Northern Ireland to meet the first Sinn Féin First Minister. Talk us through what's happening there. Well, of course, Stormont is back. And if we go to the Windsor framework last spring, um, this has been something Rishi Sunak has been trying to get to for a quite a long time it didn't work the first time but these talks as we spoke about last week have led to success there were some moments last week where you just need to wait to see you know once the deal is written do does Jeffrey Donaldson the leader of the DUP face an internal backlash it has not been sizable and then do you get to a point where Tory Brexiteers might oppose it now it, it pretty much went off without any problems, which is quite rare if you think about the history of this. Um, and now you have a situation where I think it is being described in some parts as a victory lap by Rishi Sunak. Of course, you do have now the most senior figure in Stormont being a member of Sinn Féin. And I think that means that you know some are looking on at this and the return of Stormont and worrying about uh, what it means for the potential reunification of Ireland in the future. But I think from the immediate political perspective, this is seen in number 10 as an achievement they are not going to get into the politics of Sinn Féin versus the DUP and you have finally after two years have a functioning parliament in Northern Ireland and I think there's a question which is if we think about things and we'll come on to some things where this has not been the case if you think about things where the government has shown competence since Rishi Sunak took over I think you could argue that this is something obviously that uh, eluded Boris Johnson uh, eluded Liz mm. Trust they wanted to go for much more confrontational routes when it came to the Northern Ireland Protocol so they wanted to unilaterally change it with the Northern Ireland Protocol Bill Rishi Sunak scrapped that and instead went for diplomacy coming up to this agreement and I think pushing things further in some places than many thought you could and therefore does he get a competence dividend from this where people look at it just start, like after the Windsor framework and it was probably the best moment for Rishi Sunak's poll ratings it was springtime for Rishi at the spectator at that point we talked about potentially um covers or is, is it certainly the case that people just if we're being completely frank voters mm. don't seem to care particularly about Northern Ireland and the rest of you know the UK I think what it could do though is just um speaking to one critic of Rishi Sunak saying a lot of people don't care about it is just a sign the government is doing something which which might filter in but I don't think it's going to lead to a big bump for him. Yeah I mean Fraser we've talked in the podcast before probably how Rishi Sunak's main achievements lie in the field of the union and foreign policy but one area where he hasn't done so well are on those five pledges he made last year in particular the NHS waiting lists which if anything have stayed the same or even gone up slightly as a consequence of industrial action partly. Uh, he's given an interview today to Talk TV we've seen some of the quotes ahead of its release later today uh, in which he admits basically that he's failed on this pledge. Well, one of his five pledges was for waiting lists to go down. He can't deny that they have gone up instead. Now, what I was never quite clear about was whether he might be saying, well, by the way, they are going down, because pretty soon that they will be. Um, But no, I think he's um, setting his definition as, are they higher than when I made the pledge? Yes, therefore I failed. Now, it's strange that he made the pledge in the first place, because... um, this time last year, Kate Andrews got hold of a leaked projection of waiting lists, and that was it was known within government, within Number 10, that the waiting lists were going to keep going up until about February or March of this year, and then fall. It wasn't, opinion was divided as to how far they would go up, but that sort of curve 
was quite well established because the curve is linked to how many people didn't come forward for medical care during lockdown. Now, there was always going to be a point at which these people, basically, everybody who was going to show up had shown up. So he always would have known that waiting lists would have risen. And I know that um, Steve Barclay, the health secretary at the time, wasn't consulted, for example, about this pledge and was quite surprised when Number 10 made it because he thought, well, I don't know why he's saying that, Prime Minister, because we all sitting here know what we think this is going to do for the next year and that isn't, that's going up, not going down. So um, it's a bit of a mystery as to why he made that pledge. And if I were him... I would be trying to... I mean, he thinks that the the strikes mean that it might not go down the way people had thought. The last movement we had on the waiting list was down, and the strikes will have an impact on it. But if you look at the modelling, the modelling suggests it goes down quite significantly. So my hunch is that by the general election in November, if indeed there is one in November, by then we'll have had several months of quite significant falls in NHS waiting list. So the Prime Minister could technically have said, well, I said it would get it to fall, and yes, it started to fall. But no, he seems to have um, accepted right at the moment that this part of the pledge has been missed. Katie, I mean, I suppose there's two different ways to interpret Rishi Sunak's comments today. One of which is that uh, it's an admission of failure. Another, it's an acceptance that things aren't going as way the government wants it. I mean, is he better to be shown as sort of defiant or out of touch? Or what's the best way of framing it? Yeah, I mean, I think we've obviously frequently at The Spectator accused him of being dishonest on the priorities when he talked about uh, how he would bring inflation down Mm. and the reality being that it's largely global factors. There are other things that can impact it, but it's a global trend that inflation is coming down. So should we therefore praise Rishi Sunak for being honest that the waiting lists are not going the way he wants? I think you look at what he said. I'm not sure he's meaning to do it as some big mea culpa because he's saying... This is because of industrial action and really trying to point the finger of blame at the junior doctors. Mm. So you get to the point which is, will voters, will the public think uh, this is the government's fault? Or will they look at some of, for example, the 30% or so pay rises that junior doctors have been calling for, the way that's been depicted as more militant type groups um, pushing for it, and the blame move there? I think that's one of those things when, when the luck isn't with you, when the narrative is set in that things are not going well, it's hard to then say this this group's to blame um but i think if you speak to figures in number 10 they'll be quite clear that they that they don't think the nhs waiting lists are going to go the way that they want them to but they think that was a trade-off which was to not go for the greater pay deals that they could have done to end some of these strikes now that's a political choice Richard likes to talk about how he makes these choices and they come with trade-offs and the choice here was not go for the pay if you look at the Bank of England comments, they would say, you know, pay restraint needs to be there to get inflation down. So I think those around Rishi that would try to bring the two together to say inflation coming down, generally in the trajectory, even if it up a tiny bit the last time, is a result of tough decisions like these on public sector pay. Now, that's the argument they're going to try and make. I don't think in their interview, and of course the full one is out, is not out yet, it feels as though it's all there. But I think that's what they'll try and advance in the lead up to the election. I think the boasts he'll end up making are ones he didn't, outside the five pledges. Um, For example, I think immigration is going to come down quite significantly. He'll be able to point to that. Um, I think that he's promised economic growth. I don't think he's going to get that. But I think there is going to be um, cost of living um, that's going to improve faster than he'd thought because inflation will come down um, a a bit faster. And also, I do think for the Northern Ireland's um, solution, when you compare that to the... It's easy to forget how Northern Ireland was all over the news about two or three years ago, where it looked as if there was no solution in sight for that. a massive mess um, with Lord Frost dispatched a snarl of the EU and it wasn't really working. 
and Sunak has succeeded via the Windsor framework of making that go away and introducing this new, not not a green lane, but a kind of UK-Northern Ireland lane trade that has worked. Um, I found out as an editor, though, that Northern Ireland has got very little salience. My first ever week in this job, I tried to do um, a Northern Ireland cover. And I, I, Andrew Neil called me up to ask what I was going to do for the cover. So I'm thinking of Northern Ireland, Andrew. He's a ah, word to the wise Fraser, nobody's going to buy it. If you do that, <laughs> and um, and I've been proven, you know, there are some things which you do as an editor, knowing that it's not going to get many um, many licks. And I'm afraid to say that Sunak might found what I discovered, which is there is very low salience or interest. People just get confused. They don't know Sormans sitting or not. They're not quite sure who the politicians are. They're not quite sure why they're still arguing. They're not quite sure why Sinn Féin is running the place, given they tried to blow us up about 20, 30 years ago. So it's um, it's not something he'll, I think he'll get too much credit for. Elsewhere, an issue of salience is pledge to stop the boats and uh, the Rwanda scheme. And in that interview, uh, Piers Morgan and Rishi Sunak have a bet of £1,000 in which Sunak bets that the flights will take off for the election. Uh, Katie, how confident should the Prime Minister be that he's going to get a return on that money? I think the problem is, because Rishi Sunak is perceived to be so rich, most people would think he probably could afford to <laughs> bet £1,000 on the boat scheme working in a way that perhaps those around this podcast table, though I don't know about Fraser's exact <laughs> financial arrangements, um, would feel you know rather sick at the prospect. Not that Rishi Sunak doesn't care about money. He obviously... Um, Talk us a lot about controlling spending, even mm. if current spending suggests otherwise. I think when you look at the option the government went for on boats, on the boats bill, it you will have, you know, Team Suella and so forth say that this is a bad option, it hasn't gone far enough. I think it's an option that they felt had the best chance of meeting with the political reality of the Commons and the House of Lords, of the state of the Tory party, while also having a chance of working with the law and with the Supreme Court judgment. It is by no means a done deal because the Supreme Court judgment was worse than many in government had anticipated. But one of the complaints on the Tory right side is, we don't think this is going to get people on planes en masse. But I personally don't think right now that's what the aim in government is. The aim is to get at least a couple of flights to Rwanda to show that they have done that and then from that improve it from there. So I think that's what they're aiming for and it's still probably about 50-50. I think boats will be an achievement for this government this year. I think they will continue to be significantly less than they were last year. Uh, fortunately, Sunak said he stopped the boats. He won't have done that, but he will have significantly reduced it and he ought to be able to claim some credit. Thank you, Fraser. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for listening to Coffee House Shots. Coffee House Shots. 